Will Craig Council be the new manager of the New York Mets? We'll discuss on today's show. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans who are listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, Craig Council, officially a free agent manager. First segment, I'll talk about why he's the perfect fit for the Mets. In the second segment, I'll get into why he might want to take the opportunity and join the Mets as their manager. Then in the final segment, story about the previous manager. Buck Showalter apparently didn't like playing Daniel Vogelback. We'll get to that interesting story to close out the show. Before we get to any of it, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. Also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Swing for the fences on sleeper picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the sleeper app, use promo code locked on, you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers' terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Well, the wild card round of the playoffs is over. All four series end in sweeps. Now, in the past two years, seven of the eight series have all ended in sweeps. The one team, who was able to take it to a third game to the Mets last year. Uh, but that doesn't really mean anything, now does it? But what has come out of all of these sweeps is the Brewers are not out of the playoffs. Craig Council is officially a free agent, and he is the top managerial free agent on the board and clearly the front runner to be the New York Mets' next manager. We have been looking at Council for as long as we've been looking at Stearns, it feels like. Everyone has sort of been connecting these dots, following these tea leaves. I know I've spoken about it many times in the past. How, okay, David Stern steps down from his Brewers job. Oh, Craig Council under contract for his last year with the Brewers. Would it make sense that if David Stearns took over as the president of the New York Mets, that his first mode of operation would be get counsel to be his manager again, a guy that is widely regarded as one of the best managers in baseball. We've all seen this coming and it makes sense because look, counsel has a great resume and it's similar to the one that you hired Stearns off of. The Brewers have been a very successful, well-run franchise dating back to when Stearns took over in 2016 and you know, counsel didn't have a great first couple of years. Didn't have a good first season managing the club in 2015. He was hired before uh, Stearns came in there. 2016 wasn't great. And then beyond that, they started to figure it out um, as a franchise. So over the last six years, the Brewers have made the playoffs in five of those six seasons. And last year, they narrowly missed the playoffs. And they've won the NL Central three times. But the biggest thing is what David Stearns said himself in his introductory press conference. When it comes to the manager position, he said, quote, I view the manager position as a true partnership, someone that is working side by side with me and the rest of our baseball ops group. The manager has so many responsibilities these days. 
It's a big job, but first and foremost, it's the ability to manage people. He views the manager position as a true partnership. He's had a lot of success in running a, a baseball operations department, and the one manager he's ever worked with is Craig Council. So if that's how he views the manager position. It's because of the partnership that he had with Council. And so now here's an opportunity to reunite these guys and make this Milwaukee East with a lot more money. And if you're just looking about at all the different managerial candidates and, and what you'd want to, to fill that position, Council checks all the boxes. The biggest one is the one that we just said, okay, that him and Stearns have worked together and they have to be aligned, okay? The final segment today, we're going to be talking about an article from the New York Post where Buck Showalter and Billy Upler weren't aligned this year. So, so you need that relationship to be a connected one. Otherwise, there's friction. And sometimes it works. You know, there's been some friction in Houston the last couple of years with Dusty Baker and the front office and how he manages the team. But they've won, so they've been able to figure some of those things out. But you're you're looking at this next window for the New York Mets. David Stearns is on a five-year deal. How you maximize this window with Stearns leading your baseball operations department it is clearly to get the manager he wants. So that's the first big box he checks. But then also, former players seem to relate really well to the, the guys that are playing the game today. Look around baseball, some of the best managers, former players. Okay, Skip Schumacher took the Marlins this year and made them a way better team than anyone expected as a former player relating to his current group. We see David Ro- Dave Roberts with the Dodgers. Hell, Dusty Baker is a former player. Long, long time ago, but still. The best managers in the game, and a lot of the managers in the game, are former players, and Craig Council had a 16-year career. And it ended in 2011, so even though he is now a decade removed from playing, you know, he started managing the Brewers in 2015, four years after playing. So, you know, he's been in the game this whole time. So that ability to relate to players, to manage personalities, seems like he has that, right? And he's also not the young guy either, even though he looks like he's still 25 years old because he's got one of the biggest baby faces the game has ever seen. I mean, this guy looks so good at his age. He's 53, and to look at, at a picture of him now and a picture of him when he's playing, and it's the same dude. I mean, he just doesn't age. But, again, he does bring a lot of life experience and baseball experience to the position. He's not some rookie manager. He has over 1,300 games managed under his belt, and he won over 700 of them. So, to me, there is really no doubt about why the Mets should want Craig Council. Look at the other candidates. None of them can hold a candle to Craig Council based on all the things I just laid out. Because even if you find a manager like Joe Madden, who's technically had more experience, and you know, if you want to call it more success because he won a World Series, fine. I'm not a big fan of Joe Madden personally. Um, just don't think that. I feel like if you go back to that World Series, they want it despite Joe Madden. In 2016, then because of him, but that's the discussion for another day. You know, he's out there. Don Madden is out there. Those are guys that maybe have more experience, but Craig Council has plenty of experience and maybe relates to the players better. Uh, you know, Gabe Kapler, he's out there. 
as a managerial free agent. His teams have a history of wearing down, and he only made the playoffs one time in his managerial career up to this point. You have, of course, all the rookie managers, right? You know, whether that's you know Eric Chavez promoting him from your own staff, or Carlos Beltran, Joe Espada, who's been forever waiting for that opportunity but never gets it. It doesn't matter. Those are all inexperienced guys. I think when you combine the ability to work with an analytics department, and he literally was working with David Stern's department, so you know that relationship's going to work, being able to manage players and relate to them, and a guy who has the experience that's not going to be phased is going to get the job done, he checks every single box. So now the question is, why wouldn't he want the job, and why would he? And that's where we're going to get to next. We're going to look at counsel side of it. Is there a reason why he passes on this opportunity if it is ultimately presented to him? We'll get to that in a minute. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. The NFL season is here. While Sleeper was your home for daily fantasy baseball all year, you can now look to daily fantasy football and still have that same chance to receive 100 times payout on your cash with that daily fantasy football. It's never been more exciting to watch the game right now. You can pick more or less on stats for star players in the NFL and receive that 100 times payout. Get your picks right. You can win big. They have built-in group chat functionality, so you can play along with your friends, decide who's the best pick for that given Sunday, and then you can copy your group's picks with the tap of a button. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy, and there are safe and fast withdrawals. Use promo code Locked On. You'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, so now let's shift the conversation from why the Mets would want Craig Council to why Council would want the Mets job. And I don't think that there is really a a clear-cut answer here to what Council is thinking right now. And he was asked about it after the game. He said, hey, it's not time or place to discuss that. He's built personal relationships in that clubhouse, and I'm sure there's a strong pull for him to still remain. And you hear the, the Brewers' owner's comments on Council. There's no doubt they want to keep him. They want to retain him. They want to give him a long-term contract and have him be their manager for years to come if that is what he wants, but also feels like they sort of owe him the opportunity to, at this point, as he is a free agent, explore the market and also explore what he wants to do because there's been also a little bit of talk throughout the year that maybe Council wants to step away. Maybe he's you know, done enough managing at this point. He wants to you know, go back and do broadcasting again, which he did prior to taking over as the manager, or he wants to be a general manager. That's another thing that's been out there. Also, he's got kids that are going to be playing college baseball. Maybe he wants to take a year or two away and and just focus on his family. All of that is in play. Now, with that said, if he takes the interview, if he is open to the opportunity of coming to the New York Mets, there's a very compelling argument to take that leap the biggest thing is, well, there's two big things. The, the Stearns connection is obviously paramount. But the other factor here is the money. Look, you can say Craig Council is not a guy motivated by money, and maybe he's not. 
Still, in a 16-year playing career, he made a little bit over $22 million. I don't know what the Brewers pay their manager, but I'm guessing it's not the top of the league. Dave Roberts is reportedly the highest-paid manager in baseball for the Dodgers at $6.5 million per season. Let's just say the Mets gave Craig Council a four-year deal. Actually, we'll start at three years. Let's start at three years, right? Three-year deal, and they match that. Six and a half million dollars. He's pushing up on 20 million, 19 and a half million. Give him a signing bonus. Boom, he's at 20. That's almost as much as he made in a 16 year playing career for three years of manager of the New York Mets. But let's take things a bit further. If you believe in David Stern's vision as Steve Cohen in this scenario, right? And Stearns comes up to you and says, Look, Craig Council is the best manager in baseball. I love him. He's exactly what we need. You're not going to find a better manager. You want that stability. He is our guy. And he says, it's going to take a five-year contract to get a deal done. Now, five-year contracts for managers, that's not something you typically do. Buck Showalter got a three-year deal to manage the Mets. I believe it was a little over $11 million. Council would be making a lot more than that, I would assume. Stearns is making at the top of the market at $10 million per season over five years. And council is supposed to be the top manager available right now. You know, he should probably command something close to what Dave Roberts is getting. So if the Mets put in front of him a five-year contract where he's making north of $30 million, it's going to be hard to pass up that opportunity especially the security in that. And honestly, as an organization, I think that'd be the best thing the Mets could do. Say, look, enough of the turnover. We've done it year over year for the better part of the past decade, it feels like, right? Ever since Sandy Alderson stepped down the first time in 2018, it's been Brody Van Wagenen for two years. Mickey Calloway is the manager. Dennis Luis Rojas. Uh, you know, Carlos Beltran was the manager for half a second before Rojas. You know, Buckshaw Walter comes in. There's, you know, three different GMs. It's just been a carousel. Now you have the guy that's projecting stability on your organization in Stearns. And if he can hire his hand-picked choice for manager and counsel, and you can combine the two on five-year deals, and you say, hey, this is our franchise. This is it. This is what we're doing moving forward. We have our manager for five years. We have our president for five years. This is our new window. Five years to become a perennial contender who's going to try to win a World Series during that span with an improved farm system and stars that are already locked up and more on the way. That's the vision you'd want to buy into. And, you know, if you're looking at Craig Council and a guy that's been beating his head against the wall in Milwaukee for all these years, Maybe he wants that opportunity to get to the mountaintop as a manager and working with a guy in Stearns that I imagine he has great respect for with Steve Cohen's resources plus a fat paycheck every couple of weeks coming from Cohen. I I could see how he would talk himself into not taking that year away and jumping on this opportunity before it passes him by to become the New York Mets next manager. And at this point, very similar to when We were still wondering what would happen with David Stearns, and I kept on saying this is going to happen, this is going to happen. 
I'm not quite as confident on council, but I'm pretty damn close. I, I think they'll go through their process. They'll make it look good. They'll bring in a bunch of people to get interviewed, but I really feel like the net result of this thing is going to be Craig Council, David Stearns, Milwaukee East going for it here with the New York Mets. So we'll see what transpires. But speaking of a GM and a manager relationship, Billy Epler and Buck Showalter were at odds all year over Daniel Vogelback. A very interesting story from a source to the New York Post. I wonder who that source could have been. Uh, discussed that saga throughout the season. It's a very interesting report. I want to get to that in the final segment. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by Bunches. Bunches is a new app built just for sports fans where you can chat sports in real time. Click on the link in the show description to join the app or go to the Apple App Store and download Bunches now because this is your chance to get in on the conversation with other Locked On sports fans. Bunches is the place where sports fans chat and they have the Locked On MLB group chat on Bunches where you can go there now and connect with other baseball fans, chat your favorite team, and keep up with all the latest MLB news. Download the Bunches app today and when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description to join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today. Now, before we get into the saga that was Daniel Vogelback, Buck Showalter, Billy Epler, how there was a great dispute over Vogie's playing time this year, I do want to tell you all again about our subtext. You can find a link in the uh, episode description. This is a way where you can get text updates from me about the New York Mets, about the show, and you can also ask me questions or communicate back and forth through text. It's been a lot of fun so far to interact with some of the uh, everyday Locked On Mets listeners. I appreciate all of you who take the time to subscribe. There's a two-week free trial, then it's $4.99 a month. Uh, you can, again, find that link in the description. Now, getting to the big story in the New York Post from Mike Puma, titled, uh, let's get this right here, Mets, Buck Showalter, Billy Epler, butted heads over Daniel Vogelback's playing time. I just got to read straight from Puma's article, article here in the beginning because it's fascinating. It says in the lead, as the Mets woes deepened this season, Daniel Vogelback's presence first in the lineup, then on the team, became a polarizing issue between the front office and manager. Vogelback, acquired by the Mets at the 2022 deadline, uh, was the team's designated hitter this season against right-handed pitching. But the 30-year-old slumped early in the season, and manager Buck Showalter, according to a source, met resistance from general manager Billy Epler at various points when trying to employ options other than Vogelback at DH against right-handed pitching. Showalter told, was told he had to play Vogelback, the source said. First of all, the source. I'm not saying it's definitely Buck Showalter, but it certainly is an article that is written in the perspective of Buck Showalter. Whether he spoke directly to Mike Puma or someone close to Showalter spoke to Puma. And why he got this out there, I really don't know. The story itself to me is in some way secondary to just how weird it is that this is a story that's coming out. Um, you know, was this his greatest frustration all season? 
Did he actually want to play all the young guys and we didn't know it? In some ways, that's what it's almost seeming like, right? But then again, it says, you know, he'd, well, here actually is right here. Um, right back to the article. Part of the manager's opposition to Vogelback was philosophical. Showalter viewed the DH spot as one that should be used in a rotation, allowing position players a partial rest while remaining in the lineup. So you know, that would be okay, giving Pete Alonso a rest. And then that would put Mark Vientos in the lineup, theoretically, at first base. Maybe that's you know, getting Nim off his feet. Well, then how does that work? Okay, at a point in time this year when the Mets were you know, contending or trying to, I guess. Maybe that would have been more playing time for Mark Canna um, or Tommy Pham over Vogelback. And I, I agree with all those guys playing over Vogelback. I mean, I have my gripes all season about this. And in some respects, it, it absolves some of the blame that I put on Buck for how he managed the team. And it does, you know, put some questions towards Billy Epler for sure. With that said, again, it's sort of weird that this comes out now and it doesn't really change anything. I mean, it's not like Buck Showalter is going to get his job back or he's going to get a new job because suddenly uh, whatever team, let's just say it's the Guardians. Uh, I don't know if he would even want to manage the Guardians, but Terry Francona stepped down. Are they going to be like, oh, you know, we work at a higher buck because we were thinking, why was he playing Vogelback? But now what it does express, though, is some discontent between Show Walter and Epler, and that's going to come natural when a season has been as disappointing as this one was. I think the biggest thing for me is I'm now concerned that Vogelback is going to be back with the Mets next year. Like, was this Billy Epler refusing to give in uh, and admit defeat on a past trade that he made? Was this an analytics department that really believed in his getting on base? And look, if this was actually Buck Showalter's opinions in this article, and that's how he felt all year, that Daniel Vogelback's skill set was not worthy of being in the lineup, I agree. Like, how many times did I come in this show and gripe about the fact that, hey, even if he gets on base, you know, getting on base via a walk when the guy is as slow as Vogelback is, it doesn't do much for you. A base hit doesn't do much for you because He's stapled to first base and it takes a triple to get him home. And even then he might get thrown out at the plate. I mean, that's just the reality of his limited skill set. Um, and the fact that he couldn't be used in the field apparently as well, something that, um, you know, bothered Showalter. And again, it even gets even further into it where Showalter was even questioning why he was on the roster at the deadline. If there was an expectation that he might be moved. And when he wasn't, there was some internal debate at the time, as to whether Ryan Marisha should be promoted from AAA and receive the playing time. And Vogelback had a great month of August. Um, then September, they went full youth movement. So maybe it was the front office that was making the lineup card all year. Um, but I, I just... The thing is, it's a new front office now. Yes, Epler's still there, but... Epler is not making the decisions anymore. Epler is now working in this front office to service David Stern's vision. And David Stern's is going to bring in new people in that front office. And it's going to be a collaborative effort. And I really don't think that this has much bearing on what happens moving forward. Mike Puma does note in the article that there's a commonality between Epler and Stern's as they both acquired Vogelback. You know, at one point, Vogelback played in Milwaukee under Stern. 
I'd hope that he's still off the team. I think that DJ Stewart showed enough that he should be the one tenor to contract and Vogelback shouldn't. And you have too many young players that need opportunities to continue to waste your time on Daniel Vogelback. I mean, you have Mark Vientos, who I think showed more in September than Vogelback showed in any month this season with the home runs that he hit and the value that can bring you from the DH position. So I still am of the belief that he will be non-tender, but I am now, I guess, the takeaway that I really grab from this is, ooh, maybe he's going to stick around. Like, is Billy Epler just in love with him? Is the front office just in love with Daniel Vogelback? They're going to be that committed to keeping him. Is he that good of an at-bat in their eyes that it's worth it? I don't know. I've said it way too many times on this show, probably just how much I hate how he clogs up your roster, how you almost need to accompany Vogelback with a, a speedster to make the roster spot function. And then the fact that he doesn't play, I mean, all of it. I mean, we don't have to get into it more. But again, I think this shows you why you need that continuity between manager and general manager. And we thought that Epler and Showalter had it. You saw the season that they had this year. Maybe they did have it in the 101 win season, but this year it wasn't there as evidence of this article. And moving forward, with Stearns now leading the charge, you need to make sure the manager you that you bring in is going to work really well with him. So maybe that's Craig Council. Uh, on tomorrow's show for all you everydayers, we'll finally get to it. I've been promising it long enough. Who would you rather the Mets sign won't acquire this offseason? Juan Soto or Shohei Otani. It's going to be a fun show. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you follow our subtext and subscribe there. Link in the episode description. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter or X at Ryan. And uh, follow the show at Locked On Mets.